I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me because you didn't use LinkedIn jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash recommend today. Hey, everybody. Welcome to the podcast version of Ben Woods. Thanks for finding us wherever you are, radio.com, downloading the radio.com app, or, of course, you can listen to us on your smart speaker and make sure you subscribe so you get our content every single day. Absolutely. And there's lots of other podcasts from other hosts here in the building and here at 97.3. Make sure to check those out as well. But right now, back to Ben and Woods. And let's get started. All right, here it comes. It's Ben and Woods. Try to say this nicely. Um, When you look at Ben, Paul, and me, it doesn't scream athlete. With Ben Higgins. Pick a pick a bow, 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 pick a bow, bow, bump, bump, what, 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 ha, 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 ha. On your mark, ready, set, let's go. And Stephen Woods. I want to win. I want to win at all costs. I I really do. Other than, you know, lying, cheating, and stealing, I I don't want to do that. But whatever it takes to win, I'm willing to do. Ben and Woods. Blame it on the Henry on 97.3 The Fan. All right, everybody, get your head right. It is a Tuesday morning. It's almost like a Thursday morning for us. This is our Thursday here on Ben and Woods. You're listening to... uh, well, you're listening to our radio program here on 97.3 The Fan. And uh, my name is Woodsy. I'm half of the Ben and Woods program. Definitely the worst half. Uh, ben is the better half. There's no doubt about it, right? It's just the way that it is. Uh, why isn't your mic on, Hambone? Sorry, I can't call you Hambone anymore. Yeah, stop doing there that. There we go. It's not my uh, To my right is our assistant producer, The Hammer. Good morning. Great morning. How I you- totally forgot that we don't have work on Thursday or Friday. Correct. So thank it's, you for that. It's a very short week. Now, you don't have to work at Nordstrom. I do. You do? But you kind of want to on Thanksgiving. Time and a half, you get okay. paid money. And Time that's and kind of the only reason why I'm there is to get paid. So. And then what about Black Friday? Oh, yeah. I'll be there. Oh, my In the God. midst of the action. God, is it going to be insane? Well, for me, I'm in the back stock anyway. So yeah. I think I'm just going to be have a front row seat to all the madness. madness. And I don't have to really deal with it in terms of like stocking the back, which I'm sure is going to get hectic. Okay. All right. Well, I mean, at least you're making a little extra money. I got to. Time and a half is clutch. It's such a clutch move. I wish they did time and a half for us here, but they don't do that in salaried radio positions. I wish they did time and a half for the whole week of Hanukkah, because then that would be amazing, because I'm Jewish. That's a holiday for me. That's I don't true. understand why I'm not getting time and a half for that week. I mean, I don't think you should get paid more because of what your religion is, but that's just that's just where I stand. I'm showing up to work on a holiday. Give me time and a half. That's true. Holiday pay. Uh, two hammers, right, is our executive producer, Paul Rindle. Good morning, Paulie. What it do? Uh, Paulie. Had his uh, girlfriend's birthday last night. Oh, yeah. Phase one, let's call it. Phase one, because there's never just one phase to a woman's birthday. You should know that. There's several phases <laughs> that lead up to um, until the end. My, uh, my wife actually celebrates the entire month of September, which is um, it's a bit of a nightmare. I'll tell you that right now. It starts on September 1st. It ends on September 30th. And uh, the whole month, I am reminded it's her birthday month, and I get it. It's great. I'm over it. I'm over birthday month. I'm fine with birthday week. I will. Uh, I will acquiesce a little bit and and just say, oh, that's, that you, you didn't get that one. I don't even know what that even sounds acquiesce. Like. Basically, hammer means you know what. I'm not going to fight you anymore. I'm going to give in. Oh, okay. So I'll acquiesce. Surrendering. S- yeah, surrendering. I'll, I'll let me surrender. Birthday week. Let's call it birthday week. No more birthday month. 
Uh, also joined by a very special guest. Very happy to have uh, this young man back in town for Thanksgiving break. He texted me, said, hey, man, can I come in and hang out? I said, dude, you've got carte blanche. You don't to, have to ask. To the Ben and Woods. Just show up. Ryan Cohen. Super fan. Ryan Cohen. Good morning. In the house. Good morning. Welcome back, man. Thank you. I had landing last night in San Diego. That's my favorite airport. You land, you go over Petco Park, Coronado Bridge. It's so pretty. I love San it, Diego. There's nothing like uh, the feeling of coming home here. Um, it's something that I've you know been experiencing for the last decade. I love going to see my family, my friends. You know, traveling is great. When you land here, it's like landing on vacation all over again. And it never gets old. That view when you're touching down, you're like, I'm so happy to be back. You know you're going to walk outside. The weather's probably going to be pretty nice. You're going to see palm trees. You're going to get in your car. You're going to head out of the airport. You're going to get on the five going one way or the other. And then you're home. And it's just it's it's amazing. It's good to have you back, man. How is school? School's going really well. Yeah. Um, I'm really happy. Uh, you know, we have two more weeks because we're on the quarter system. So okay. it's fast. It's really fast. I've had a midterm every week since, you know, early October. So I would, I always said I would have thrived on the quarter system. We did the semester system. So the basically they break up the semester into two quarters, right? I would have killed because you know, you guys know me. I'm really strong out of the gate for a while. Then I peter out. I, I stopped going to class halfway through the semester. I'd be like, I'm done, dude. That's when I should have been taking a midterm, a final, getting good grades. But the the drag out of the entire semester is what killed me. See, I don't know if I agree. I just knowing you, I know you uh, you had your party time. Yes, in college, lots of party time. I think because the quarter system is so fast that if you you gotta have fun, of course. Of but course. if you party too much, two weeks of party and then you're already like way behind. Yeah, and you're, you're way behind, and you're, you're done. Right. You're, you can't catch up. It's so fast. I, so I don't have, know. I wouldn't have traded the semester for a quarter. At all. Really? I always thought I would have done better. You have to get oh, like nah. two, maybe three days a week on the semester scale. I would have been screwed no matter what. <laughs> quarter, quarter semester. Quarter schedule, you got to go every single day. week at a time. Dude, I would have been Remember, awful. like, summertime, baby. Oh, yeah. Oh, man. Well, welcome back, dude. It's good to have you. Uh, I wish we had some fun Padres news to dive into, but they've done literally nothing. I mean, today we'll be talking about, I am sure, at some point, hey, did you guys see their new bullpen coach? Let's go over his resume. It has been... 635. Oh, yep. Yeah, there it is. Right there on the schedule. Look There's at this. There's nothing else. There's nothing else. Yeah, we'll talk about Ben Fritz. I, I don't know. I mean, do they do this in other markets? Are the, are the uh, Diamondbacks radio... I'm sure the flagship is probably going over coaching hires. I just... I could the not... Diamondbacks radio have the Cardinals in town. I could not get... I could not care less about about coaching hires right now. I really couldn't. I just... I'm ready to get some uh, some new guys on the roster, and we'll get into all that when Ben gets in uh, here shortly, but it is good to have you, Ryan. School going well. Um, what do you got? Three years left? Uh, sophomore year, so hopefully two and a half. Two and a half. Who knows? It's wonderful, man. What do you want to do when you get done? Be happy. Uh, I don't a, really know. They don't pay you for that. Yeah, they, they don't, don't pay, pay you for that. You for that. Um, I really don't know. Uh, I love baseball. I love the Padres. I love San Diego. I would love to do something with that. Um, I don't know if you know this, Ryan, but a lot of people in the Padres, they listen to this show. Yeah, yes, yes well, they do. If Padres Brass is listening, I'm Ryan Cohen. Uh, I think I'm a good kid. He's real good. Up good he's, too, he's too good. He's like, a, he's like a young Ben. I'm trying to get my hooks into him, and it hasn't worked with Ben. It's not going to work with Ryan. Not yet. Can I get you a little, you know, you can't. You gotta have a little edge to you, right? I consider myself a fairly good person. We gotta have a little edge to you, right? 
You can't be the uh, nice guys finish last. You heard that bit? Go Padres. Yeah, go Padres. <laughs> I, I, but listen, what I what I do think should happen. Let's go Padres. What I do Let's think should happen is that uh, when you come home for summer, you should work with us. I think that is a no-brainer. That'd be awesome. Like, I don't know if we do interns or whatever. But At least like, promotion. Promo- do something. Be in this. You like media. You'd be great at this. I think uh, I think we can get that done. So we'll discuss that at a later date. Uh, looking forward to today's show a lot. Paul went out and found a pretty random guest, but a really, really good guest. Am I that random? Not you. Oh, okay, not you, okay. my friend. Uh, this would be Stu Gotts from the Dan Levitard Show. And, it's going to be great. Uh, it's, I'm always fascinated to talk to somebody that's in our business, that has done it and continues to do it at a high level. I mean, that's I, I don't know if people are going to find my questions that interesting because I want to know, like, all right, I want to know, how do you guys prepare? Like, what's it like? How's the chemistry really? You know, things of that nature. Well, let me give you a little a little taste. So I was texting him yesterday, and he goes, yeah, tomorrow works. What time are you thinking? I said, I was thinking, you know, 535 Eastern. Or 5.35 Pacific. I said I can also do 9 to 5 or 9.35 Eastern, but I don't want to cut into any of your show prep. They go on the air at 7 o'clock our time. Yes. So I knew it was going to be early in the show. Show prep? (laughs) What's that (laughs) with a crying emoji? (laughs) I love it. And I find, uh, you know, we've talked about this before in our show. We had a show like this last week where Ben went out to dinner and just was like, hey, I did nothing last night. I didn't watch sports. I didn't write anything down. We had one of our best shows we've ever had. It's such a fun day. It was such a fun day, and it just happens that way. I was thinking about this on the drive down here. I hear about your guys' dinners and your weekend plans. I talk to my parents once a week. Yeah. I talk to them on Sundays. I love my parents. Got a great relationship with them. I don't talk to them. I literally know more about your guys' lives. Yeah. I really do. And I've always... You know, I haven't seen my parents yet. I landed late last night. They were asleep. I was up at four this morning. I'm down here. out of here. I That's literally incredible. see you guys before I see my family. That is... Yeah, we're family. That's, that is incredible. Love and I love that, man. I love, uh, you know, I, lo- I think anybody can come on and do scores and hot takes and things like that. And, you know, some people like it. Some people don't. Uh, Get back to sports. You know what? It's the, we're not the show for you. Sports will always be sports there. Sports are always going to be there, man. You can find that anywhere. And uh, I do love telling the stories. I love busting each other's balls. Something we do uh, quite a bit here on the show. So I'm really looking forward to that, Paulie. Um, the, their their show is insane. I mean, it's insanely popular. Uh, we had it on our old station. It didn't do that well. It's hard to it's hard to kind of you feel like you're lost. You know, with that show, and and I think people jumping into our show late probably feel the same thing. We try not to be so inside, but it happens, right? We we have little jokes, and and I think those things are fun and important. But I said it last week. We're we're getting to be the kind of show where you don't want to miss anything, right? You don't know what's going to happen. You don't know what Hammer's going to say. You don't know what Paul's going to drop. You don't know what I'm going to do. You don't know what booty Ben's booty gonna... booty booty rocking everywhere. I mean, He's ben, such a legend. Ben, yesterday, did you hear this? You probably didn't. You're probably in school. I go back and listen to the podcast. We're in, we have this interview with Kurt Sandoval, which is a whole different Dude. ball of wax, can of worms, whatever you want to say. What was that? Yeah, the Dean Spanos lover, right? Oh, my God. It was like, it was it was a headache for me yesterday. And I, I used to care more and like would respond. And I was just like, you know, let them, let them have it out. People are entitled to their opinions. So Ben Higgins, in the middle of an interview, drops this. And this is why you can't miss Ben and Woods. He didn't even mean to. How the Todd, Todd Gurley? I am so confused. Kurt, I guess is the right word. Is Todd Gurley healthy? <laughs> is he not healthy? He certainly is Todd looks Gurley? good at times. Who is Todd Gurley, Ben? <laughs> and that again, unplanned. Had 
it was just a total misspeak. Todd Gurfley, and I missed it, and I don't miss anything Ben says when he when he butchers something. Paul caught it, and a listener caught it. Todd Gurfley. That's a fancy football name, right? Isn't there. that great? Todd Gurfley. And it just it made my day. So uh Ryan, glad you're here, man. We're gonna have a good show today. This is an interesting one. We kicked this around last night, and I kind of had final say on this. I said, man, who I wanna... the fudge is Todd Gurfley? <laughs> Who the fudge is Todd Gurthley? Who the fudge is Todd Gurthley? And I uh, <laughs> I wanted to hear this interview, which is why we're doing it for the spotlight next. I think you guys will enjoy it. If you listen to Romy, he had brand new Giants manager Gabe Kapler on. Now, this is a guy we're going to be running into lots and lots and lots. I think that's uh, it bodes well for Padre fans. Um, and your wife. And my wife. My wife is a <laughs> is a huge, huge Gabe Kapler He's fan. chiseled. He is shredded. That jawline is incredible. I read a story, by the way, that he would like eat a little bit of ice cream and then spit it out. He's that <laughs> guy. Like fit, fitness-wise. I like, hate that guy. I dude. hate that guy. The worst type of guy on the planet. They really are. They're so self-obsessed. So just enjoy I, one second of your life. And see, I say that because I'm a fat slob. <laughs> and I'm He's like, oh, God, what a tool. He's the guy that I saw. I was driving last week and uh, pull up to a light, and there's this guy, and he's jogging down the street, and he's waiting for the crosswalk. So instead of like even yeah. jogging and play, not even that, he jumps up and finds a bar and starts oh doing pull-ups oh on the crosswalk. Oh, my and God. And I'm just sitting there like, yo, what an alpha. Coward! <laughs> <laughs> what a clown. And again, that's kind of cool, though. Again, I mean, the hammer was going to say that. That's cool. Again. Freaking Spider-Man over here. Again. No days off. We make Ugh. fun, Paul, because we are loads. Right. That If if we could do it, we'd be doing it. Okay? Do you understand? <laughs> what if you we had the discipline, do? If we had the discipline of Gabe Kapler, we would look like Gabe Kapler. We don't. So we will make fun. And Romy had him on yesterday. It's uh, coming up next, our 97.3 The Fan Spotlight with Gabe Kapler. I used to love this band. I still love this band very much. Very, very much. It's just they've kind of uh, they've gone away for a while. I need to get a new record going. Can't wait to ask Ben to tell me who this band is when he gets here. We are the same age, by the way. It's 97.3 The Fan. Uh, excited to hear this one. Romy, Hall of Famer, colleague of ours, is uh, he had Dave Kapler on, who's the new manager of the San Francisco Giants. Look. Stranger things have happened, right? I don't necessarily think Gabe Kapler is the right guy to replace Bruce Bochy, but then again, who is? Who replaces Bruce Bochy in San Francisco? Uh, tall order to fill. Was actually fairly amazed that Gabe Kapler got such a high-profile shot at his second go-around. That being said, him and Farhan Zaidi, uh, very close friends. Very, very close friends. So, again, it's we were talking about it off the air it's not what you know, it's who you know. Gabe Kapler, very lucky that he knows Farhan, and uh, Farhan got that job with the Giants. Gabe Kapler is their new manager. He was on with Jim Rome yesterday. It's our 97.3 The Fan Spotlight. As promised, we are joined right now by the manager of the San Francisco Giants, introduced as Giants manager on November 13th. Two seasons as Phillies manager. Played 12 years in the big leagues. He is a World Series champion. The Giants were third in the NL West last season. Their new manager is... Gabe Kapler. Gabe, it's good to have you back. How are you? 
Jim, really nice to talk to you, man. It's been a while. You too, Gabe. So it's been a little more than, actually not even more, but under two weeks since you were introduced as manager of the Giants. What have the last few weeks been like for you, Gabe? Uh, it's been a whirlwind. We didn't really have a, a chance to sit back and digest and ab- absorb the transition because we were on to filling eight coaching spots, uh, eight coaching spots on our staff. So we've already dove right into searching for a hitting coach, a pitching coach, a bench coach. Uh, I can go on and on. We've, we've been able to and are fortunate to have Ron Wotus back as our third base coach. Um, he's got such an incredible amount of experience with the players on this roster, but also having been through several managers here in San Francisco. Um, so he's been a, a, a great resource to me and a support system. And so I'm really excited to have that spot filled. But we have a lot of work to do and, and getting to know this roster even better and, and building on, on the foundation that we already have in place is really, really exciting. Gabe Kapler is new manager of the San Francisco Giants. Of course, you come into a situation, Gabe, where you're following a legend in Bruce Bochy. A lot of managers might say, I don't want to be the guy who's got to follow the guy. I'd rather avoid that pressure altogether. But this is something you're taking on. What is it about this challenge that excites you, and how do you go about approaching it? Well, well first, let me address, address filling Bruce Bochy's shoes, which is, is just impossible. Um, Boch is, is legendary in this city for good reason. Um, he's established relationships, not just through this organization, but also in the community. Um, he's a guy that, that I look up to and will lean on as a resource as, as I attempt with a, a great front office to build uh, a perennial contender in the National League West and the San Francisco Giants. Um, it would be really foolish of me to not lean on him for his expertise, and, and I will absolutely do that. Um, you know, I guess the reason that I'm excited about coming to San Francisco is because I do believe that the, the building blocks are in place, but building the foundation, getting in at kind of the ground floor uh, with a group of really exciting young players and some established World Series champion uh, veteran players with track records of success in Buster Posey and Evan Longoria and Brandon Belt, Brandon Crawford, to name a few. Um, I, I just think the blend of the, the very young, energetic players and some of the vets who, who have done it before is, is enticing, and, and I have a, a longstanding relationship with the president of baseball ops here, Farhan Zaidi, and, and a newly developed relationship with our general manager, Scott Harris, and, and we're off to a really, really good start as, as a group. Um, for all of those reasons, I'm excited about being in San Francisco. We're talking to Gabe Kapler. You mentioned a number of things I want to follow you up on, but let me ask you this. Boach said that he was a better manager the second time around than he was the first time around. You've always been somebody who's looking to learn and looking to improve. So when you look back on your time in Philadelphia, what have you learned that you can bring with you to San Francisco? Well, I think that's absolutely true. I think the the experience teaches you many lessons, and oftentimes the, the lessons come the second time around and you're able to apply them. I think the first thing that stands out to me, Jim, about my time in Philadelphia is how important it is to strike a a good balance between instilling confidence and getting every last strategic in-game decision right. So, you know, by way of example, you can't manage this game on on paper when you're dealing with with players. So if I I get a strategic upgrade or we get a strategic, strategic upgrade in the game at the expense of of taking confidence away from a hitter or a pitcher it might not give you the pop that you think it's giving you so what i learned is confidence for a baseball player makes a good baseball player and so a strategic ad- advantage at the expense of taking away confidence is is not a decision.
in my estimation. I think, Gabe, that, that to me is a fascinating conversation in and of itself because, you know, one of the consistent conversations I've had with managers over the past few years is balancing just that, right? The use of analytics and numbers without actually treating players like numbers themselves. So how do you go about doing that? Because if you have that information, you want to take advantage of it. But to your point, not if it's going to hurt the confidence in the player. So how do you balance those two things? How do you make that work? I think the first step to take is by trying not to, and it's, it's impossible to to communicate so effectively that somebody is never caught off guard, but doing your best. So by way of example, if the, the game plan is to have a starting pitcher come out of the game before he faces a lineup for the third time, that day is not the first time that pitcher should find out about that, <laughs> right? So it's a, a conversation in the office, hey, Aaron Nola, heads up, like, for the last four starts, you've reached 110 pitches. And just a heads up, I'm not letting you get to 95 pitches today, even if you're cruising. So if you're, you're, you've thrown five innings complete, shut out baseball, you're at 95 pitches. For the best interest of you long-term, your health and your well-being, and for the best interest of the club, I'm coming to get you around 95 pitches. I might, come to, I might give you a few more, maybe it's 100 pitches. But I'm not letting you throw 115 pitches in this game. Having that conversation up front involves the player in the decision, ensures that they don't get caught off guard, and makes everybody feel like they're on the same page and pulling the rope in the same direction, and I think that's step one. That makes sense. And because you play the game, Gabe, for a long time at the high level, that's all you ever want from a manager. Just look me in the eye, shoot me straight, and let me yeah. know. But then, like, you consider the rise of analytics and you think about what it was like to be a player when you played versus what it's like to be a player right now. So how much has the game changed? I mean, I think it changed a great deal. Um, But I I think it's interesting. Analytics is never considered to be what what you and I thought about when we looked at the back of a baseball card when we were in seventh grade or sixth grade. But the truth of the matter is that was analytics, too. So we were kind of just looking at a different set of numbers and a different set of facts to try to predict how good the player would be the next year or the next game or or even the next inning. And now we just have a different set of numbers to look through. So that's that's one of the the main things that I see. Um, And then to your point about hitting players directly, telling them the truth, having grown-up conversations with them and not trying to pull the wool over their eyes, Ultimately, they might not like that conversation in the moment, but they tend to respect it. And I'll, and I'll give you an example dating back to my time in Los Angeles as the farm director. Um, there were days when we had to make really hard decisions like release a player or, or tell him he was, he was losing playing time. He wasn't going to be in the lineup every day anymore. Um, what, what I found to be really effective is to start the conversation with the information. Hey, we're, today we're going to release you. And then talk about the reasons why that was the right decision for the organization. And what I found is that in the moment, it was very difficult for the player to swallow. But sometimes one year later or two years later, I'd have a conversation with that same player. And almost inevitably, the feedback that I get is, I really appreciate you telling me the truth, hitting me directly, um, and not trying to pull the wool over my eyes. So as a manager, I think the strategy is similar. Just tell the players where they stand. Just tell the players what they can expect. And they might not like it. We don't expect them to like it. But I think they respect the fact that you come at them directly 
um, and, and don't pull any punches about it. No doubt. Gabe Kapler joining us. You mentioned the Dodgers, so you've been on both sides of this rivalry now. You're new to it with San Francisco, but when you look at L.A., Gabe, I have to imagine that you're more concerned about your team and what you have there. But as you look at L.A., they've had a lock on that division for seven straight years. You know the challenge you have in front of you when it comes to that. So how do you go about approaching that part of it? I think by not really thinking. There's, there's not enough time now to think about what the Dodgers – have accomplished over the last couple of years, which is really remarkable. So I, I don't want to discount any of that. But we just have so much work to do here in San Francisco, from roster construction to improving uh, player development to you know taking the players that our amateur scouting department identifies as, as great athletes and making them the best they can be. And player development does not stop at the major league level. So improving practices, making them more challenging, to make the players' athleticism tick up, also getting them all of the information they need to be successful, putting them in positions to succeed. I just think there's no time to focus outside, particularly in the offseason. Now, that's not to say that when you know opening day rolls around and we're facing the other clubs, that we're not going to be relentless about planning and, and understanding their roster construction and what tools they might use to beat us. But I think right now, staying uber-focused on the San Francisco Giants is the right play. You know, Gabe, none of this is surprising to me. You and I have talked for a number of years, so I'm not at all surprised to hear you approach it like this. But it really is amazing how different it is now as compared to when you played. Or I can think back in the day when I would talk to managers and they would just kind of spit some old school kind of, I don't know, they'd spin a yarn or maybe give me an analogy or so. This is so analytic, so analytical. I mean, do you feel like a CEO? Do you feel like a baseball manager? What does the job feel like to you right now? Yeah, I mean, I just want to take a step back because when – as a player, like you, you view the game from a much different vantage point than you do when you're a manager. But I've been in dugouts my whole life, Jim, so that's the place that I feel most comfortable. Um, and I feel, in a lot of ways, like I was I was raised as an old school player, and you know I came up in the old Detroit Tigers system that was as old school as it gets. So a lot of that is still in my blood, and I just think that it's it's. It's not one or the other. You're not an analytics guy or an old school guy. You, you know, especially if you've been around the game uh, for for 20 years plus. Like I came into professional baseball in 1995. Um, of course, I've I've failed a lot and I've I've developed a lot o- over the years. But one of the things that I found is I'm not I'm not one or the other. I'm not like I'm not corporate. I'm not like a, a baseball dirtbag in the cage. I'm none of those things. I I am a, a product of a lot of experiences that, that give me the opportunity to see the game from so many different angles. And I actually have a hard time with, with getting when, when not just me, but other people in the game are, are put in a box of old school or new, new school analytics or gut feel, because I just don't think it has to be one or the other. And in fact, I don't think if you are exclusively one or the other, you can be a great baseball leader. So uh, I, I just, I just want want you to know that that I don't, I don't identify as any one thing. No, I appreciate that too, Gabe Kaplan, my guest. And to wrap that thought up, Gabe, I'm out of time, but I want to say this: when I look at you and I think about you as a player and a manager, I don't see it that way. I see a guy who adjusts. You've always been really, really good at making adjustments, Gabe Kaplan, my guest. Gabe, great to have you back. I'm sorry we're out of time, but really good to get caught up. Great job as always. It's always a great conversation, Gabe. Gabe. I'll talk to you real soon. You got it, bud. Take care, Gabe. Thank you so much, Gabe Kaplan. Interesting that the uh, Giants ended up with Gabe Kapler. Very much so. As their manager. And uh, you said something 
going into that spotlight interview, Woodsy. By the way, good morning. Good to see you. Good to see Ryan Cohen as well. Uh, waking up early on a Tuesday. That it's not what you know, it's who you know. And Gabe Kapler was close with Farhan Zaidi, who's the decision maker for the San Francisco Giants. Well, I mean, this story is somewhat similar with the Padres, isn't it? Oh, big time. Jace Tingler doesn't really get a shot in other organizations. Yeah. But because he and A.J. Preller had been close in the Texas Rangers organization, he gets he gets the job with the Padres. And I know, I think most people's first thought is they scream, oh, it's like nepotism. I mean, they're not related, but... You know, that's that's insider trading, whatever. Favoritism. Favoritism. Yeah. You know, that's not a great way to run a business by just, you know, bringing in your friends and your cronies. And normally it isn't. But keep in mind that the last time that A.J. Preller hired a manager, he didn't know Andy Green at all right. before the process. You know, interviewed him, chose the guy that was best for the job. After a few years, realized, I'm just not on the same wavelength with this guy. You know. There's a, there's a funny thing we used to say in recruiting when I was in the recruiting world, suit and tie guy every day, and it's carp, swim with carp. So when I recruited a stud from a company, you're damn right I got five of his friends' names, phone numbers, emails, because if because a guy that's a stud really doesn't run with turds. Are carp studs or not studs? They're studs. Okay, carp, that, swim I with would, carp. I wouldn't necessarily put I get carp it. as the fish. That, I get it. Like... You know, sharks swim with sharks, yeah. maybe. Carp, though. Carp swim with carp. Not, no. Okay, go ahead. And so, it's I, yeah, you rest assured. I'd be like, yeah, okay, it's good that we have you on board. Give me five of your buddies that you would want to work with that you think would be a good fit here. And that's how I would build offices in different cities. Because, again, it's who you know. And it is, it's like this. When Ben gets elected mayor of Encinitas, and people are going to be outraged that I... I'm going to be his deputy mayor with no experience, kind of a dirtbag. It doesn't matter. I know Ben Higgins. So on those coattails, I've been riding coattails in this town for 10 years. I finally picked some good, solid, clean coattails to ride. It is how life works. It, you know, you you just hook you hook up your wagon to some something somewhere and kind of ride it. But at the same time, the Padres were replacing Andy Green. The Giants were replacing Bruce Bochy. 100%. And they didn't, they didn't necessarily have to. I mean, Farhan could have arrived and said, Boach, you can have this job as long as you want. In perpetuity. You've got three World Series rings. If you got five more years in you, great. And I don't think they made Boach feel like, yeah, we want you around as our skipper for a bunch of years because they wanted to go in a different direction. Well, here's your different direction. Gabe Kapler, now go ahead, sink or swim, Gabe. Uh, you didn't you didn't do great in your first job. Now we're handing you the keys to the San Francisco Giants to try to replace Bruce Bochy. Tough spot to be in. Well, isn't it funny, though? I mean, if you go back through in history and, and if you look at, you know, guys like Joe Torrey, I mean, they were terrible in their first go-arounds. You just, that's the thing is you just really never know. It's such a, such a lucky thing to be able to win a World Series. It, it, there is so much luck involved, uh, and there was luck involved with Bruce Bochy's, all three of them. Trust me, there was luck involved with all of Joe Torrey's as well, but you just never know when the, the guy's going to find the right spot. Got an early guest this morning. Stu Gatz of ESPN fame is going to be with us at the top of the hour. Ah, just kind of a, an entirely forgettable week 12 of the NFL season wrapped up with another dud. Well, at least half a dud. Eesh. Half of the game was amazing. Man, I, yeah, I, I disagree. <laughs> I was I was, uh, I was, was reveling in that last that night. Is, uh, we'll get to that coming up next. A little hammer time as well. It's Ben and Woods. Tuesday morning, glad to have you with us on San Diego's number one sports station, 97.3 The Fan.
Here's John Harbaugh, who's taken off his headset. He has gone to the back of the bench. He is waving his arms up and down to the fans that are here. And now we're down to the final 19 seconds as the final snap was taken by Robert Griffin III. They really are close. You know, they really do love one another. They have a certain belief, I think, in, uh, in one another and things greater than that. Um, they have a faith. They trust. And they work, you know. And uh, there is something special here. But you know what? There's no big crown in November. You know, so we have a lot of work to do. The thing that I'm really so impressed with is his decision-making and the way he handles the offense and runs the offense and the choices he makes in critical situations. I mean, that's just operating at, at, at the highest level you can operate at as a quarterback. So that's the thing I'm probably most amazed at, if it's anything, is how he operates as a quarterback. You see John Harbaugh like, conducting Ravens fans in the first few rows of the Coliseum. I saw all the Ravens absolutely feeling it last night, as they should have. It is, uh, it's pretty, it's Ben and Woods here on San Diego's number one sports station, 97.3 The Fit. It is pretty, I mean, we laugh because we'll we'll call for coaches' jobs. That Well, we don't do it a lot, but sports talk radio hosts, that guy needs to be fired. Yep. They need to go in a different direction. He doesn't know what he's doing. The swings for a coaching, for a manager in baseball are nuts. They really are nuts. One year you look like you're an absolute genius, and then the next year you you look like you have no idea what you're doing. John yeah. Harbaugh, he was on the hot seat a couple of years ago. They were talking about, oh, it's, it's time to move on. They, they've lost the message in Baltimore. That defense isn't what it used to be. Uh, he's just he doesn't he doesn't have the touch anymore. Right now, John Harbaugh's got to be considered. Maybe the favorite for NFL Coach of the Year. Meanwhile, Sean McVay, genius of all geniuses yeah, last Wunderkind year. The, last year. Yeah, the 31-year-old stud takes the Rams to the Super Bowl. Can't get his team to even show up for a Monday night football game against the Baltimore Ravens on their home field at the Coliseum last night. What's the difference? Beats me. I don't know. I do. Lamar Jackson can make any coach look like the greatest coach in the universe. And the guys that they've put around Lamar Jackson, I mean, I watched that kid play last night, and I remember, Benny, I hate when sports radio guys do this, but I remember last year when we were, or whenever it was, when we were talking about Lamar, I would ask you know national pundits about, hey, well, what about this kid out of Louisville? What about this kid out of Louisville? And they're like, eh, he's, you know, he's okay. And I'm like, man, I watched him play a couple of games. I've never seen anything like this dude. And he did struggle. Uh, he struggled. They, they went to the playoffs, didn't they? And I think, I think in the playoffs he had like 17 yards passing. That kid went and worked on his game. He is so effing fun to watch. His receivers, he throws them open. I mean, it, all those touchdowns last night, those guys, I mean, they were wide open. I mean, wide, wide open. So, Whatever they've done in Baltimore to put around that kid to to make him the best potential possible quarterback he can be, it's worked. They've been they've been brilliant. He had a good season last year, but once once he got to the playoffs and the, just completely exposed yeah. by the Chargers of all teams. Yep. I mean, when Anthony Lynn and his staff can just make you look foolish, you start thinking, okay, maybe there is a ceiling on Lamar Jackson. I uh, give him credit. Went in the offseason and continued to work on his game. Um and is clearly now the MVP favorite. Yes. after after last night, if he wasn't already, he's clearly now the MVP favorite in that league. He was he was so friggin' fun to watch last night, and every time he dropped back, it's like oh, wide open, uh, uses his legs, explosive. Like I said on Twitter last night, we are out of superlatives for Lamar. Jackson. I love um, there's some Twitter Twitter followers who called out Booger McFarland, ESPN's color commentator last night. 
who had said something to the effect on the air, I didn't hear it directly, but said, you know, there were some people who thought Lamar Jackson should change positions back at Louisville because he'd have a better chance of being successful in the NFL as a wide receiver. Luckily, they, you know, luckily no one listened to that, 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 those people. Tweet from Booger McFarland, June 20th, 2017. It won't happen, but if Louisville was really thinking about Lamar Jackson's future, they would move him to wide receiver. Oh, my God. That's where he'll play in the NFL. He was talking about himself. You know, it's funny. I'm glad you brought that up because you know what I did is I went back and looked at my tweets about Lamar Jackson. And I remember calling for Joe Flacco to come in in a playoff game. It was against the Chargers. And the only reason was he looked so bad in that game. And I was going back and forth with somebody, and I I go, hey, I'm not – I said, I like Lamar. I like Lamar a lot. He's really good. But he's got 17 yards passing right now. Joe Flacco has, in fact, won a Super Bowl, and they're still in this game. You've got to make that move. Maybe that would have been the right call then. Wouldn't be the right call now, obviously. What he did in the offseason, whatever he did to turn himself into an absolute freak – Throwing the football, reading defenses, the kid is unreal. It sounds insane that there was some sort of debate, Lamar Jackson or Joe Flacco. I know. Well, Joe Flacco, he's got the experience. Yeah. You know, fast forward about a year, you'll find out how silly that really sounds. That Baltimore putting Lamar Jackson out there was the only decision they could have made in I, that situation. And you know, they of course you do the comparison game because that's what they do on in sports and on sports radio and on sports television. You do the comparison, and yeah, you remember Michael Vick, and he was super dynamic. He didn't he didn't throw. He had a bigger arm, maybe a bigger like he could throw for farther. But Lamar is accurate. He's really really accurate, and the way he reads defenses, and the way that that he is explosive. Um, I I would I would be really nervous if I was Harbaugh about running him out there, you know, with a lead. It was nice to see them pull him with what twelve minutes left in the fourth. Uh, get RG3 in there. Load management would be the key right now for Lamar Jackson. You, you hope he can keep this up. And if they do keep it up, Ben, they will be in the Super Bowl. Well, it's rare to see a game like like last night's. Outside of, you know, the Pop Warner or maybe like JV high school level, where a team just comes out and it's so unbalanced that one team will score on their first six touchdowns, on their first yeah. six possessions. Football is a game that's designed – to try to not let one team get too far away from the other. You score a touchdown, you got to kick off to the other team, give them a good chance to score. You know, they'll punt it away, you'll get pinned. It's tough to put back to back to back to back, you know, 75-yard drives down the field. You're just you're going to commit a penalty. Something's going to happen that slows down your momentum, gives the other team a chance to perhaps get back into the game. The Ravens had no no such thing happened to the Ravens last night. They just continued to Go right down the field, do whatever they wanted. I mean, it was um, it was a tour de force performance last night on Monday Night Football, happening what we thought was going to be maybe one of the best weeks of the NFL calendar. When you look at the matchups of you know playoff contenders and winning teams, yep. and it just didn't play out that way. Uh, you know, even the close games like the you know the Patriots game uh, against the Cowboys were just. Kind of ho hum. Yeah, you know, very, very much so. Some um, of it maybe was a little weather related, but yeah, the games just didn't pan out to be that entertaining. Well, this it's, weekend this kid is this kid is beyond special uh, right now, and he's he's appointment viewing. I mean, if you're a sports, if you're not even the world's biggest football pa- fan, he is still appointment viewing. Um, I, I I love everything that he does. Like Patrick Mahomes was last year. It's exactly right. 
It's exactly right. You couldn't, if the Chiefs were on, you were watching. And I love that, man. I think that's so good for the NFL. Um, and again, talk about a kid that's overcome so many people not thinking he could do that job. Not only is he doing it, he's the MVP winner as it stands today. Seven straight wins for the Baltimore Ravens. Rams fall to 6-5. and five. And while a lot of 6-5 and five teams eventually make the playoffs... Not in the NFC, not this year. Not them. Even if they won their last five games, they'd have to get a little bit of help Yep. uh, at that point to win like at 11-5. and There's just too many good teams in the NFC. All right, we'll get Stugatz uh, coming up in about 15 minutes. But right now, welcome him into the studio. It's time to go inside the mind of the assistant producer, Hammer. Can't touch this. Can't touch this. Can't touch this. Morning, Hammer. Great morning, guys. How you doing, buddy? Awesome. It's because of how I woke up this morning. How'd you wake up? So, for me, I wouldn't necessarily call this a guilty pleasure. The only reason why I'm now, is calling this gonna it... Be, is this going to be clean? It's very clean. Okay. Too clean, almost. The only reason why it's a guilty pleasure is because society has deemed this inappropriate for me to listen to it. I'm obsessed with Shania Twain. Like, to the point where Up, Dude. the Red Hat version of the album is... Arguably my favorite album of all time. Waking up to Shania Twain puts me in the best mood ever. I'm with you. Dude, Shania I w- Twain. I don't wake up listening to Shania Twain, but I, I like Shania She's Twain. insane. Like, I think she's the greatest woman performer of all time. She uh, Didn't she make her return to the AMAs over the weekend? Yes, was she did. About it. It was Post Malone went viral because he was dancing around to her song. Dude, that was awesome. That was fantastic. Dude, I'm telling you, Shania Twain is the GOAT. What are we, Sunny 98.1? What are we doing in here? You don't is have a Shania, pleasure, Is Shania man? country or pop? Uh, a little both. Yeah, yeah the crossover. They like don't Taylor have Taylor Swift. Yeah, crossover. Yeah. Who's this? Shania. Yeah, Shania. Shania. Yeah. Dude, I love this. I'm surprised. You wake. So when you say you wake up to Shania Twain, tonight I'm feeling all right. <laughs> so you, this is like Let's your anthem, your I'll personal s- inspirational song. Don't interrupt me. Yeah, I like, yeah, the, I I like the Up album. I don't know if this is on the Red version in terms of the Up, but dude, Shania Twain just gets me going. All right, I well, listen. Feel like a woman. Woo. <laughs> I, so you, you you wake up and put it on, or yeah. you wake up to it? Have you ever I had wake a up song and that you woke up to, like it was set on your, you know, when, remember they had those old... CD recorders yeah. that you get alarm clock and it could, you could set it to a song and it would come on every morning. No, I, I do. I'm a big fan of music in the morning or uh, Howard Stern or talk, sports talk radio. I listen to I listen to radio as soon as I wake up. See, I got to do music because music kind of like elevates my mood. It right. kind of really. Sometimes if I listen to sports talk radio and someone says something I don't agree with, now I'm in, now you're in a bad mood. My day in a bad mood. Exactly. So now it's when look at this. Let's I have no idea. In college, I had a roommate and. For some reason, we always woke up to Blondie, Ooh. Heart of Glass, every Ooh, morning. It's a jam. Yeah. It's, I, to me, the right wake-up song, though, is something that starts a little slower and then crescendo kind of starts building up to get you you know, slowly out of bed. You don't want a, like, a big drum solo right off the top. That's I don't know of any songs that open with a big drum solo, though. It's true. <laughs> like, I, don't, I mean, maybe like an old Van Halen song, but... Uh, Hammer here. I think you want me to make fun of you for listening. To no, Spotify. no. I I'm want you to, to admit your guilty pleasure. Oh, I've got. I've honestly, I've got thousands. Okay, so why thousands. are you sitting judging my Shania? I'm not pick? judging. I'm I, looking I at your eyes right now. I started to, and then I decided that I have so many in my in my like. Yeah, 
in my phone, I will listen to the most random things. But like probably my biggest guilty pleasure band, I don't know, like probably Third Eye Blind or something. It's a big one for me. See, you're saying that because you think they're lame because they're played all the time. There's a reason why they're played all the time because they're not lame. That's not really guilty pleasure. They're really good. It's a good band. Yeah, this very poppy, very catchy. It's not <laughs> real cool alternative though, you know, like which was kind of my this vein. Very, this goes against your image. It goes against my image and my ethos. Trying to be too cool, man. That's it. Hey, Fed Eye Blind. But this is cool. I'll go to their show. I've been to. I've seen them, you know, twenty times. I feel like I'm listening to like about to watch a '90s movie. Or something. <laughs> Beverly Hills yeah. 90210 or something. Yeah. No, I, I have plenty. Ben, do you have any guilty pleasures? Well, it always it always used to be the the yacht rock before I before but now I even it's knew, cool. Before I even knew the term yacht rock, that kind of easy listening late seventies early eighties, you know Christopher Cross, Michael hey. McDonald sort of stuff, and it was so un- uncool to listen to. It, it really was. you couldn't have picked a more uncool genre of music that I liked. Recently, I, you know, all of a sudden it's like its own thing, and everyone's oh, it's retro, it's awesome now. It's like I'm. I'm in the heyday of my music listening. Yep, here it is. I mean, yeah, it's... This it's, has Ben Higgins written it's all so over it. <laughs> I could just picture him, like, walking down Encinitas, down the street. Just getting it. No worries Like, if Ben's world. life was a TV show, this would be the opening credits. There's no <laughs> doubt. Walking down the 101. <laughs> Listen to this uh, on my way home last night. Like, <laughs> amazing. Amazing. Absolutely. amazing. It's amazing. Yeah. The way I look at it is music. Dig what you dig, unless it's bro country. Then you're an idiot. I'm well, sorry. There's that, that's that's my hardline stance. If well, it's bro music country, music hits you like in a special way where you can't control it. There's nothing I can do to be like I don't like Shania Twain because every single time yeah. I listen to Shania Twain, my body starts moving, my Whoa. head gets start, it gets going. It got you, yeah, it gets you right in the gut, man. I, that's the best part about music. Let's go, Alex. And then I'm fired up. Let's go, Alex. Yeah. Oh man. Who is Alex? You. I'm Alex. You're Alex. Alex. Let's go. Hey, I will say, I had a friend. He went to a stagecoach last year, and she was one of the headliners on like the last night. And he goes, dude, I wasn't that excited. I'm just not really into Shania Twain. And then he goes, it was intermission. The lights went out, and then it goes, bum, bum, and the place went nuts. He goes, dude, she rocked. She's the goat, man. Shania Twain? I love you, Shania, so much. All right. I mean, hey, I, I listen to what you did. That's what I, I said. I will. Congrats. Stop. Hammer time. Nice job, Hammer. Uh, we are one hour in. When we come back, an early guest this morning on Ben and Woods, Stu Gotts of ESPN fame, Dan Lebetard's show, going to check in. It'll probably be an insider interview, but I'm looking forward to oh, it. Oh, me too, Coming up next with Ben and Woods on 97.3 The Fan. We get it. Attention spans just aren't what they used to be. Heads in social media and eyes on Netflix. But what do people do with their ears? Well, for one, they're listening to audio. Americans spend 4.4 hours with audio every day. Oh, and you want the proof? Well, you just sat through this ad that's now approaching 30 seconds. What could you say to a potential customer in 30 seconds? Let Odyssey put together a media plan tailor-made for your unique marketing needs. Advertise with Odyssey. Visit ads.odyssey.com.